Podcast. Once you lean into your self-love practices across mind, body, and spirit, your light will start to expand and your light does not expand in isolation. It expands as an individual part of an interconnected collective. So what am I saying there? When you do the things that you love to do, others are attracted towards you. Others are not only attracted towards you, but they're attracted towards you in their space of love. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna, your weekly installment of your inner connection to your outer expression where I, your host, Harrison, is is here to help you nurture the loving space needed to pull back and dive into the layers restricting health, alignment, and love. And today we're in this, in my studio, (laughs) in my studio, recording an episode for you that is a new format. This is something that was a part of my intention for doing this show when I first did my first preview episode. This is one of the goals. And today's episode is a Q&A, a community, a bonus community Q&A episode where I, your host, Harrison, am going to answer some questions that you, the listener, you, the beautiful, loving community that you are, have uh, submitted some questions that I will answer. So I want to go into it today. And these questions, they span across the sort of holistic and natural healing paradigm of mind, body, and spirit. And before we get into it, I just want to thank you for the people, one, the, the people that have submitted these questions, but two, you, the listener, just for tuning in. Uh, the goal of this episode today is to have more of your voice heard. So just by you listening, you know, you're adding to that goal and, and the people that have submitted questions, you've also added to that goal. So I love you very much. And I'm just so excited to do this kind of format and I'm going to continue doing that. So how you can submit your questions in the future is a couple of ways. You can submit your questions either in reviews on Apple Podcasts or when you leave your review for this for this amazing show that you're listening to right now, you can leave your questions there. You can also message me on Instagram or or Facebook in the DMs and the and the messages on there. You can also message me on clubhouse come up onto stages that i speak on rooms in clubhouse and ask me questions and say hey can you answer this on the podcast and i'd be happy to do it so that is a way that you can submit questions for future q a episodes and again the questions can be across all aspects topics that i talk about from the spiritual woo elements of dreams and ancestral healing and chakras to the emotional healing elements of the inner child and trauma from you know the physical the physical and you know all spectrums across the natural holistic healing paradigm so we'd love to hear them and we'd love to keep doing these kinds of episodes in the future also would love to hear in reviews for this episode and others feedback on this so if you want me to do more questions less questions different kinds of questions leave that in your feedback as well i want to give you a summary of some of the questions I'm going to answer here today. And I, this is something that I intend to do in future episodes is also give you a taste of what's to come. So you know that this episode is for you. And one of the, some of the questions I'm going to answer today in this recording is one, a question around relationship triggers, around healing modalities that I've used that have worked and haven't worked. 
question around the throat chakra, intuition, and probably a juicy one right at the end on past lives as alien beings and a few more in between. So stick around and I can't wait to I can't wait for you to tune in to hear these these breakdowns. Before we get into the first question, I do want to share and read a review for you. And these reviews, like I just mentioned, are the ones that you can leave on Apple. And what I'm gonna what I've started doing is in my weekly newsletter that some of you will probably already get. I'm announcing a winner for best review and best review will get a a prize. So if you want to leave reviews, just an extra incentive and I'll read one out when I do these bonus episodes. And the review is from one of my past guests, actually, Mr. Phil Carson. And the title of the review is love is dot, dot, dot. This is his review. The review, review goes, when I was growing up, there was a one-frame cartoon that began to appear in our newspapers. It was called Love Is. And each week, there would be these two expressive animated characters with the caption beneath saying what love is. Harrison has created a podcast with his weekly guest that personifies what love is. I am grateful that in this vast cosmos that we live in, that I have been able to meet Harrison and hear his loving voice on a regular basis on the Clubhouse platform and on this podcast. A voice that has not only touched my life, but the lives of many others over this past year. Not only does Harrison have one of the coolest voices on the planet, thank you, Phil, but he has he he has one of the most loving and compassionate hearts as well. We all need more love and compassion in our lives. So do yourself a favor and subscribe to this amazing podcast. Well, Phil, if you're listening to this, I love you very much and thank you for the amazing review. And listeners out there, if you submit your reviews, I'll pick one as well and read it out. So I would love to hear your feedback, comments, and perspectives. All right. That's enough of an intro. That's enough of the foundation. Let's get into it. Let's get into the questions today. And the first one up is from the beautiful Isabel. Isabel is from Clubhouse, is, is a beautiful being on the Clubhouse platform. And I've summarized her question because it was an audio question that that was quite expansive so i want to keep it short the summarized question is i broke up with my boyfriend i'm still finding that i'm getting triggered though i'm having boundary issues issues and i'm feeling overwhelmed well isabel this uh the first place i go with this question is i drop into the heart chakra and we have to remember what the role of the heart chakra is and the heart chakra is not only the balance of the giving and receiving of love. The heart chakra is also the space and place in which our love first gets the opportunity to meet the world, i.e. in our relationships. So I, I say that to share here with this question that it's completely normal to, to move on from someone or break up with a relationship and still feel things, feel things moving in that heart space because that heart space is not dependent on an external element. It is moving through you regardless. So the first thing I think to answer this question is to realize that there's nothing wrong with you, that it's okay to be, still be triggered and it's okay to have challenges moving through. This is what helps you expand. The place I would start is I would look at what the triggers are telling you. Remember that an internal trigger is only an example 
of what is happening inside of you, right? Is it a reflection? If I'm getting triggered, let's use my dad as a beautiful example. Let's say I talk to my dad and have a conversation and with him, he triggers me. He makes me angry. Would it behoove me to put the blame on my father or is it more powerful, more healing if I look at why the anger was there in the first place? So for you, dear Isabel, the first place I would begin is reflecting on how the triggers are making you feel. Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling guilty? Are you feeling shameful? Etc. Once you can dig into this and create the space for this energy to move, then now we can start moving through the, the overwhelm. The other side to this is I would also look at the soul contract and the soul lesson between you and this person, right? Because that also might be why that even though this person is not physically in your life anymore, you're still getting triggered. There's still things coming up. It's because you have a lesson and a soul contract to learn and this overwhelm and these feelings and your challenge around boundaries is because there's something here that needs to be seen. What was that, what was that relationship trying to help you heal through? I, I give an example. Maybe people have heard me talking about this. If I have an abandonment wound from my childhood due to my parents, and now I keep attracting partners that are abandoning me, then that is part of the soul contract and the lesson that I need to learn and move through. If I don't learn through it and don't move through it, I'm going to keep attracting partners that are abandoning me. So I would analyze, analyze the contract, analyze the trigger. Remember that by doing this now, you're shifting from being a victim to this is happening, this is happening to me, to being the powerful creator and loving light that you are. This is happening for you. Final thing I'll say on this, dear Isabel, is with your boundaries and having boundary issues, I think sometimes we can feel that we put up boundaries to maybe protect the other person. We put up boundaries because it's for them. But remember, a boundary is for you. A boundary, a healthy boundary, is not a restriction of love. A healthy boundary is a way that we can love someone in the most efficient way that where we're at. So I would look at the type of boundaries that you're setting if you're having issues with them, right? Are those boundaries putting the other person first or are the boundaries putting you first so you can build your light and be there for them? Okay, I hope that, hope that resonates. And when I say be there for them, I don't mean get back together with them if that's what you feel. If, that's, if you feel that's not correct with you, I mean be there for them, you know, be the light so you're not causing more challenges. Okay, hope that helps. All right, the next question is from the beautiful Vera from Instagram. This is from an Instagram question. And Vera asks, I would be interested in exploring different healing modalities. What have you tried? What has worked and what didn't? The second part to the question, the second part is, what are some of the misconceptions of healing and the role we play in this journey? So beautiful questions, dear Vera. I'm going to answer the first question first here. And just some quick modalities that came to mind when you asked this question. I've played around with Reiki. Obviously, a lot of these modalities I practice, by the way. <laughs> so if you hear me talking about the, all these things on my podcast or on Clubhouse, I'm talking about them because I do them, <laughs> right? because I've had experience with them. 
either as a practitioner or just received them. So this is probably not going to sound, this is probably not going to be new to some of you. So the, the modalities I've used and have, have worked for me are Reiki, the chakra system through visualizations, you know, deep chakra clearing and cleansing, inner child healing, inner child clearing and cleansing and relationship building, hypnosis. I've played around with plant medicines, different kinds of plant medicines, ancestral healing through guided visualizations, meditations, and other medicines. Uh, I've done many kinds of yoga, different, all, most of the yoga forms. I've uh, participated in a sweat lodge, sweat lodge ceremony. I've, uh, I've done one, I wouldn't count, technically people count this as a plant medicine, but I, I don't. I, I've done the Bufa alvarius toad medicine, which is a podcast in itself. I have done something called um, marijuana yoga or doing a, a yoga set, but under the, under the influence of the plant medicine that is marijuana, which was an interesting modality. Uh, and I also uh, have played around with the Lucia light therapy, which I'm a practitioner of. And uh, depending on when this, uh, this episode comes out, I'm actually interviewing on the podcast one of the, uh, the beautiful lights that got me into the Lucia, Lucia light therapy. So stay tuned for that one because it's an interesting chat. But those are the, just a quick, just a quick list of the healing modalities that I've used that have really worked well for me in my healing journey, both as a practitioner and also as someone that has helped other people with them. When you ask me what ones didn't work, I I would actually say, so they all did something for me, but I'd actually say that most of the yoga modalities, healing modalities don't work for me. That's why I'm only a yin practitioner and I'm sure there's reasons for this, but I find it very hard to the, the, the Ashtanga or the Vinyasa or the, you know, the Hatha yoga. I find them very based off where I am in my development. I find them hard as healing, physical healing modalities. And I tend towards the yin because it's more feminine. It's more, it's less of a masculine type of energy. I do a lot of exercise in general and I find yin yoga as a healing modality, which is why I recommend it to you, beautiful listeners. Yin is a way for us to go inwards, to work in. Most other yoga practices are working out in many ways. The I think of the the Bikram yoga and the, the Ashtanga yoga and even some fast Hatha flows. They're amazing, but they're more masculine in the energy type. When I do yoga, I'm looking for the feminine type. Let me answer the second part to your question now, Vera. And the second part is, what are common misconceptions around the healing journey and the role we play in it? And I have four here for you that are big ones that I think can give you guys some value listening. And the first one is that we have to suffer. <laughs> if you go back and watch episode, I think it's two with uh, episode three with, with myself and Shireen, we talked about the difference between pain and suffering. And a lot of us, myself included, this is how I learn and catch myself. I'm definitely a part of this. We feel like we have to manage and suffer through the illnesses, the pain, the healing journey. And it's a misconception in my opinion, right? Pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. Suffering means we're not listening or we're not deciphering or we're not open to the communication that the pain is trying to show us to help us evolve and grow and teach. 
So that's the first one. Second misconception is that we are alone in our healing journey. <laughs> and stay tuned for the one of the questions towards the end about alien entities. But um, I more and more each day, even right now as I do this episode, I feel presence is presence around me. And right, and what I mean by that we are alone, not only are we not alone in terms of the community and the physical practitioners around us that we can always go to for help and support. We are also not alone in terms of the ancestors and loving entities that are always around us there to give us help, guidance, and support. So it is up to us to open that channel of communication, right? Open and be receptive to that love to come in. The third misconception is that our our healing is not a part of the plan. What I mean by this is that I think we can sometimes feel like something has caught us off guard, that I'm experiencing this, this part of my healing right now. And it's very, it's sort of, sort of come out of nowhere and it's not meant to be that way. But in my experience, everything is, is predetermined. <laughs> All of the seemingly disconnected events have a breadcrumb that we can link back to in hindsight. But it's all a part of the journey. It's all a part of the healing experience. And I think we need to see it as that. And finally, the last one, misconception is that we move backwards, that we move through a certain healing modality or, or move through a trauma or move through a specific lesson. And then it comes around again and we feel like we've gone backwards. But I would test that that perception as a misconception. And I, I would say, are you moving backwards or are you taking a step that is compressed rather than expansive? What I mean by that is that we are energy at the end of the day and energy is only ever moving forwards or transforming into something else, never moving backwards. But as, as a multiple system of systems, we can actually take a step forward that is full of resistance and is compressed or we can take a step forward that is expansive and open, right? I'm sure we can all relate to this to some degree, right? We feel heavy when we make a certain choice or we feel, we feel tense. We feel stuck versus open and expansive and loving, right? So this is where I think people feel like they're moving backwards, but they're actually just taking a step that is compressed. So hope that answers your question. Beautiful Vera. Let's keep it moving. The next question is from Lauren. Lauren from Clubhouse. Lauren asks, hi, Harrison. Could you possibly discuss public speaking and the throat chakra? I'm wondering how people would work on their throat chakra to improve their public speaking skills. Thank you. All right. Good one. So I, actually, I answered this for Lauren on Clubhouse, but I'm going to go a bit deeper into it here on the podcast. And the first thing I want to say is there is a reason, and this helps with starting to expand your throat chakra and public speaking, I've noticed in my journey, is making the connection between the throat and the heart. There is a reason that the throat chakra is on top of the heart. It is because the throat chakra is the space and place in which our love gets to meet the world. And you're probably hearing that and you're thinking I'm contradicting myself with what I said at the start with relationships, that the heart itself is where our love meets the world. So you would be correct, but also wrong. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, yes, the heart 
meets the world energetically, right? We know that we have an electromagnetic field around our heart space. So yes, electromagnetically, our love meets the world that way, but our love gets to meet the word world through our words, right? Through the communication that most of us pick up first through the throat. Okay. So going back to the question, how do we, how do we learn to, you know, public speak better using the throat chakra is to realize, tune into love, tune into the things that you love to talk about. For example, I'm not thinking that much right now about what I'm expressing with you on this podcast and these questions. Yes, I have some notes, but most of what I'm speaking, I'm just connecting into my heart space and just, just going, just connecting to a truth. So this is not a Harrison thing. This is something we all can do. And it starts with love, connecting within, top, within topics and themes and you know, subjects that, that fill you full of love. Right. That is how we start moving through the moving through the the limiting beliefs and the fears that come up. And that's where I would go next with this. I would ask yourself in the moment when a limiting belief comes up that causes fear around speaking, ask yourself, is it really true? Ask yourself, let's say I'm speaking to you right now, and let's say a limiting belief comes up saying, Harrison, you should just stop talking, right? You don't have any rights. You don't have any value. Your voice is small, you know, all the things. Or what I could do in that moment is actually ask myself logically, is that true? Test it. Then you can take another step and add in what would love do? Would love acknowledge those maybe question mark statements of reality? Or would love move through and express the love, the truth, the voice, the sentence, subject, anyway. Bringing awareness to those beliefs. Remember, our, our limiting beliefs around the throat and public speaking, they run our lives in the unconscious. How we start to heal those limiting beliefs and start to rewrite them is by bringing awareness to them in the conscious and then rewriting them. One of the biggest ways we can rewrite them is with love. The last tip I'll give here is I would also practice using your voice in places you feel seen, heard, and supported. Example in my life, I have built my voice on the Clubhouse platform. And as many of you may have noticed, I'm very rarely in a room by myself. It's because I use this tip. I always use my voice in spaces I know I'm seen, heard, and, and loved. Right? And it's from that foundation that I then start to channel and strengthen and use my voice like I deserve to use it. Hope that helps, Lauren. Hope that gives you some answers. All right, let's keep it flowing. Beautiful souls, I hope you're getting some, uh, hope you're getting some value and some insight out of these questions. Remember, that they're not just for, it's probably obvious, but the reason I'm not just sharing them for the person, this is sharing it for you too. So how do these apply to your life? The next question is from Jacqueline Way, my beautiful friend on Clubhouse. She is a, a guest that will be coming on the show very soon, so watch out for that episode. Jacqueline asks, and this is a summarized a summarized version too, because she asked it in her voice, but basically she asked, how do we know we are in alignment with a belief, a some information that comes in, or truth someone else speaks? So good question, right? How do we 
how do we connect to something to know if it's true for us as the individual? And to me, this is an intuition conversation. This is an intuition intuition question. So the first place I would go with this is noticing the difference between thinking about something and intuiting about something, right? How does it feel versus what are the thoughts you have about something? So for example, if someone says to me, Harrison, the, the moon is blue, <laughs> just a random example. There's two things that can occur, right? I can see what my thoughts are towards that, or I can see how I feel towards that. And what I'm getting at here is for you to start building this intuitive sense for me, a more reliable compass is that feeling sense. Yes, our thoughts can be valuable. Our beliefs, a belief is a thought that we keep thinking, but sometimes those thoughts and beliefs are not ours. And sometimes, as we just discussed with the voice, sometimes they can be limiting and restricting. So we want to learn to build our intuition as well. And our intuition comes through our feeling sense. I would also start practicing asking yourself the question, what does a yes feel like in my body and what does a no feel like in my body? That can also build this sense. That can also start building this little radar that you have. Practice. Practice makes perfect. Start to acknowledge and celebrate yourself when something does come up, when you do get an intuitive feeling sense. For example, for me at the moment in my current stage of development, big part of my intuitive senses is coming through goosebumps on the back of my neck or in my, you know, up my spine. And whenever I have that sense, I acknowledge it and celebrate it. This in it too cements that muscle. Finally, remember that this intuitive sense is a superpower. It is, if you can start building this sense, what's going to start to happen is that this is your power with the world. Meaning that when you can start building this internal sense of what is wrong or right for you, now you are less reliant on the external world, right? You're gaining your power back. I probably don't need to explain why that's so important in the world right now, right? In all the many kind of ways. So just another incentive to go deeper into this, this beautiful intuitive sense and to practice it. All right. Uh, the next question, another upcoming guest, <laughs> another upcoming guest on the show, uh, Maricela Abasta, a, a dear friend. She sent me this message on Instagram. And the question is, what's the purpose of the third eye center or the third eye chakra? And good question, my friend. A bit of a, a non-shameless plug here. I would definitely look out for Maricela's episode. By, I think by the time you listen to this episode, it might be out, it might not, but just look for it, search for it. And uh, it's because we talk, talk a lot about uh, the mental and emotional elements with her. But to answer your question here, Marisela, for everyone listening, one of the main purposes for the third eye, in my experience, my opinion, is that it is the gateway to our spiritual senses, our clear senses, our deeper sense of intuition, our deeper sense of channeling, our deeper sense of clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairempathy, all of these spiritual senses, right? These are, it, the third eye helps us see beyond the physical, 
right? So these are senses that go beyond the physical world, seeing auras, seeing entities, right? This, in my opinion, is why the third eye is such an important area in our system it is because it helps us connect to them. And let me be very clear, every single person listening to this right now has clear senses. It is not a matter of if, it is a matter of how long will it take you to remember them. And the third eye is the gateway to them. I would, Maricela also added a piece to a question. What does it mean if, if it feels like, in her words, I quote it here, my third eye is coming out of my head. <laughs> and Maricela, I would say to you and to anyone else with this symptom, I would ask what needs to be seen. Right? What are you not seeing? To me, that I, the, immediate, the immediate hit I got when you asked that question is your third eye is trying to get your attention so badly that it's, it's almost, it's not, but it's jumping out of your physical body. So there's something there that you are seeing with your physical eyes, but not seeing with that spiritual, intuitive, you know, you know clair, clairvoyant eye. So that's a big one. Hope that helps my beautiful friend. All right, let's keep it going. I've got some good ones here. I've got, I've got two, two more, but the last one definitely stick around for the last one because the last one is a juicy one. They're all juicy, but uh, the last one is a. I think it's going to take it to a new deep place for a lot of people. So, the next question is from Jordan, my dear friend. That he submitted this on Clubhouse. The question he asked is, "How do we know we are co-creating?" a loving reality together? And this is such a beautiful question because I think at the world at the moment, it's easy for us to forget <laughs> that we're co-creating this beautiful reality as individual souls, as part of one collective. Uh, you know, I, I give the examples of everything happening with COVID, everything happened with the Ukraine. It can be difficult for us to see beyond the fear, beyond the division, beyond the separation, the illusion of separation, to even begin to feel like things are shifting, let alone that we're shifting things together. So I think the first step is to turn off the news and turn off all of the outlets that are restricting your truth from coming through. Remember, going back to some of the other questions, Thoughts and beliefs can be controlling you unconsciously. And those thoughts and beliefs don't just come from you. I think Mr. Deepak Chopra has the quote, we think 60, 60 to 90,000 thoughts a day and 85 to 90% of those thoughts are not only negative, but they're not ours. So where else are they coming from? They're coming from the news. They're coming from the media. They're coming from our religion. They're coming from our culture. They're coming from our friends, our family. So you need to start auditing. You need to start auditing your world around you and the things that you are digesting through your senses, through your ears, through your eyes. So the first step here to help us see that we are all connected and co-creating a love and reality is turning off the news and stopping and monitoring the outlets that are making you believe this truth is not real. The second step I would do is focus and start with you. Make love with yourself. 
this is why I call this podcast the Cosmic Love Antenna. It is because when you lean into your deep space of expansive love, your cosmic love doesn't just start with you and stop with you. It starts to radiate out into the cosmos to affect everyone. Once you lean into your self-love practices across mind, body, and spirit, your light will start to expand and your light does not expand in isolation. It expands as an individual part of an interconnected collective. Let me say that again. Uh, it starts to expand as an interconnected part of a collective. So what am I saying there? When you do the things that you love to do, others are attracted towards you. Others are not only attracted towards you, but they're attracted towards you in their space of love. And start observing, going back to the question, how, how do we know we are co-creating a loving reality together? Well, we, we, we act in acts of love and observe what happens around us. For example, if you have seen me talking on Clubhouse, again, am I ever talking alone? Or do I have a lot of mods and other beautiful souls sharing their love with you? It's not a coincidence. Most of the time, it's hardly ever planned. It's because when I use my voice to speak about the things that I love to speak about, that attracts other people who also love to speak about those same things from their space of love. So feel it, act in it, move from it. When you do these things, you start to see the truth of reality. And the truth of reality is not, not only are we individual, powerful, creative beings that are creating all the time, we are also a collective of individual beings creating all the time together. We just need to see, allow ourselves to feel it and see it. I hope that answered your question, Jordan. That one got me a bit fired up, but <laughs> I uh, hope it gave value. And I hope I didn't get too esoteric with that one, but I truly believe it. So love you, my friend. Thank you for such a deep and meaningful question as these all are. The last question here that I want to answer. <laughs> and uh, like I said, it's a, it's a big one. It's, a, it's actually big, but also big in terms of how deep it is. So um, I'm going to share it with you and then I'll break it all down. Don't you worry. So this question is from Ashton. Ashton from Instagram, and, and this is her question. Hi, Harrison. So since it seems like you believe we've been multiple life forms throughout our reincarnations, aliens, outwardly beings, we don't know about world, worldly multidimensional entities, etc., we are always consciously aware of, and I share the same viewpoint as you. So since time isn't linear, if we have visions of specific times, places, and people, and body sensations that don't match our physical surroundings or visions of moving energy frequencies with the ability to feel the vibration of the sound and music coming from those. What are your thoughts on what they are? Are they past life regressions, alternate timelines of my soul, my spirit guides being super sassy and <laughs> putting the answers blatantly in my face? Or are they ancestors from one of my previous reincarnations? And then additionally, I'd like your stance on if our ancestral healing that we're here to heal this go around is from this current physical form's ancestry line. 
And also, do you think our ancestors are just from this current incarnation or are they from previous incarnations? All right. So as I said, a lot there, I'm going to break it all down. I'd go back, maybe record. So maybe go back and <laughs> listen to the different elements of that question, but um, I'm going to explain it all anyway. So Ashton, first, the thing I would say to you and to people interested in this kind of question, I uh, go back and listen to the past lives chat I did with Shireen. There's also another aliens, entities, Atlantis, life between lives episode coming out with Shireen very soon at the time of this recording. So be on the lookout for that. I would also catch the clubhouse room that we've now started doing in holding space called Starseeds, Starseeds Atlantis and the life between lives. So we can go deeply more into this topic there. But with all that said, the short answer to your first question about if the, the different frequencies and vibrations coming through you, what could they be? Ancestors, other beings. The short answer is it could be all of them, in my opinion. Right. We need, when we are experiencing, when we are experiencing different visions from, from extraterrestrial beings that we've incarnated as, or past lives as a different kind of human, or whatever it is. The first thing to do is look at where these visions are occurring. Are they occurring in your dreams? Are they occurring in your waking life just as a random download? Are they occurring in a deep meditation? Because it is this context that gives you extra steps to take, right? For example, if you, if you did a meditation and the intention of that meditation was to connect deeper to your heart space or to release wounds around your heart, then a particular vision that you get around a past life on an alien planet or a past life connected to your spirit guides or a past life in another ancestral body, that's going to have more context, right? The, one of the main points here I want to make you see is that you're never given these images for no reason and you're never given them if you're not ready to see them. So look at the context in which they occur in. Look at, like I said, the intention you set in the meditation. Look at what you said before bed in your dreams. Also look at the challenges that are happening in your waking state, right? For example, if let's go back to what you said. You said you were experiencing, you had the ability to feel the vibration of the sound and music coming from these energies and these visions. Okay. What else is happening in your life at the moment? Right? Are you moving through a transition with a job? Are you moving through a transition with maybe you your your job is asking you to share some gifts, right? And now these visions are coming up to show you some of some innate gifts that you have from an ancestral line. So the the point I'm making here is look at look at why and what is happening in your world, especially when it comes to abilities, right? If the, if there is an ability that you've had in the past as a human, as an extraterrestrial being, as you know something, then that, that ability is still inside of you. It is in the unconscious, subconscious mind that keeps track and records everything. So it's coming up right now for not one, for not, no apparent re- not for no apparent reason, but it's coming up because you're ready to see it and embrace it and learn from it. I would also remember to ask, 
right? So if you're getting a random vision, you're getting a random feeling, you're getting a random like um, sense of a being that you were, a spirit guide coming in, an ancestor giving you giving you insight. Ask. <laughs> Either in the vision, ask the thing that you're interacting with or the thing that you are, or ask your guides post-vision, right? So ask post-vision, bring in your guides, your ancestors, your angels, your, your extraterrestrial beings looking after you and ask them, ask them, what do I need to see? What do I need to know? What do I need to learn? What do I need to implement? Right? Be practical with your spiritual interactions. A few more things here. And this is, um, this is sort of going a bit beyond the question, just for a bit more general information for everyone listening. It is, I want people to realize that our ancestral line, and this connects to your other two questions too, Ash. Our ancestral line is not just us in physical form. Okay, our ancestral line can be in animals. Our ancestral line can be in extraterrestrial entities. Our ancestral line can also be from the future. <laughs> we can have an ancestral line that is from a future stage, planet, event, circumstance. It's because like Ashton said, and I believe this too, that time is not linear. It is more circular. So you need to ask why it, you're seeing a certain thing. We can have an ancestral, we can have an ancestral life as a cosmos, right? As a planet, as a, as a, as a mineral, right? Our soul moves through certain soul contracts and lessons to help it evolve. So you always have to, have to ask the question, especially when you get a vision, what was the reason for showing me that vision and what did my soul either learn or needs to learn in this current incarnation? Right. There's always progression. There's always karma. There's always these, these keep these elements in mind, no matter the strange context, these are the, the common, these are the common sort of lines through them. Another element I would add, and we're going to talk about this is this in the clubhouse room is Remember that in between lives, we have a life between lives. And it is in these in-between moments that we set the contracts and the lessons that we learn within our incarnation. Also a space and place that your subconscious can tap into. So that is where I would, you know, this is where you might need to work with someone, right? You might need to work with a hypnotherapist. You might need to work with someone like me that does guided meditations, activations to help this information come up through your subconscious into your conscious mind. All these answers, what I'm getting at here, all the answers are inside of you, right? And you just need to be in the space and place for them to come bubbling up. And the last thing I'll say with all of this, I, I know that some of this might be a bit uh, over the top or too woo-woo for you listening. And I want to say it's okay if it is. And I, I'm going to meet you wherever you're at. I'm just sharing my beliefs from my research, my experience, and my intuitive senses. But if this is a bit too much for you, then that's okay too. Right? I would sit with it. right? And, and maybe right now, this is not something where your soul needs to match with it. And that's okay. But what I will say is that if these words are activating you, and uh, causing things to come up and things to move through you and realizations to drop and manifest, then respect that within yourself. 
right? And ask more questions and lean in. All right. I'll end that one there. Ashton, I hope that answers your question. Uh, or actually, let me quickly go back to one that you asked I didn't address. You asked, do you think our ancestors are just from this current incarnation or previous as well? And uh, can they be, do they have to be non-physical? Do they have to be physical? And the answer is no. We can have ancestors from this, this incarnation. We can have, in my opinion, we can have ancestors from other lives as other beings, as other entities, as other forms. The ancestral line is expansive. And what matters most is the lessons you need to learn in this lifetime. So don't get lost in how big and expansive it is. Focus on what you need to know and understand in this lifetime and channel the lessons through that. All right. Hope that helps. Hope that gives extra guidance. Beautiful souls. I'm going to leave it there. I hope these this question and answer format gave a bit of extra love, extra guidance, extra support today with what you need to move through. Uh, I'm going to continue doing these kinds of episodes because they're super fun. I, I want to thank all of the people that asked the questions and asked them in such a deep and explorative and expansive way. I love you very much. Uh, if you have any more questions, like I said, for these episodes coming up, leave them in reviews, leave them on Clubhouse, leave them on Instagram. Like I said, at the start of the episode, I'm open to to feedback on these episodes again in the reviews. So I'd love to see those if you are feeling called to give me a bit of insight and in how this has affected you. If you want to go deeper on some of these questions that we talked about today, please also lean into the idea that I'm also here for more deeper work, right? Coaching work. So if these questions got you going and you feel like they've supported you, but you want to go deeper, that no, I'm always here and you can reach out to me on Instagram, Clubhouse, email, all of it will be in the show notes. But with that, beautiful souls, I love you very much. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. I'll catch you in the next periodic weekly episode. But until then, you are loved unconditionally, and I hope you have a beautiful week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. 
Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.